The parable of the prodigal son from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, is a favorite of many Christians in the pews. But for Dr. Crystal Leroy, the story has special significance, helping to shape her understanding of leadership in a diverse community where different people have different paths in life, and almost everyone at some point in time will need a second chance. Dr. Leroy is the president of Christian Brothers High School, which serves over 1,100 students in the Oak Park neighborhood of Sacramento, California. After a long career in public education, she assumed her current position on the edge of the COVID pandemic, that unenviable season that drained the lifeblood out of so many in educational administration. But as you'll hear in this interview, Crystal Arroyo has found great joy in her leadership role, in part because of what the power that comes with the role has enabled her to influence in this community. Crystal, how does it feel to you to hear me describe you as a person of power? <laughs> like what, what goes off inside of you? Like, is that a comfortable term for you? Or is that just like, I don't think of myself in that way. I would say when I first started this particular role, it made me laugh every time someone said, oh, let's have you in the auction. Let's, you know, dinner with the president. And I was like, what if nobody bids on me? <laughs> and um, so it made me laugh because that's truly how I felt. And my first year I was learning, I was like, people are not even, they don't even know me. So they're bidding on being with the president because it's a position of power. But then my second year, there's like a small bidding board. I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, I don't even know if I can fulfill this. I was like, you just spent several thousand dollars to have dinner with the president. I don't even know if I can fulfill that. But my point is I now recognize it. And I now, I think I was nervous about fulfilling people's expectations. And now I feel so privileged that I get the opportunity to see what goes on within the school, to learn what students' needs are, to learn what parents' needs are, what families in general, and even our local constituents, our Oak Park community. I literally wake up every day like, oh my gosh, I can do so much and I can do it. I can call people. I'd be like, hi, I'm Crystal, the president of Crystal Brothers. You know, how are you? And I can have a meeting with someone just because I have this title. I can get through the front door and I can make significant change. So I personally have grown into wow, I like this. I can, I can do stuff. So there's a difference between wanting to do stuff and not being able to have that, that authority. And then being president and knowing all I need to do is have the energy and keep at it. It's inspiring to know that I have that authority. I can do that. And you've grown into it. And it feels now like it's a good thing. It feels like it's a gift from God, honestly, because he said, Crystal, I know that if I give you the ability and the power to do this, you're going to do good things and you're not going to do things that are selfish and not for the greater good. You're not going to do that. And I think he doesn't make mistakes. He makes uh, journeys that go different paths. I think he recognizes that everyone has a way, a purpose of how they're supposed to lead. And so he gave that to me through my public school background. I learned bureaucracy and I learned things that I just could never change. And then I got here and I was like, oh, I can, I do. I was like, oh yeah, I can do that. I was like, that's me. I can do that. Extremely exciting. Well, and it's cool because it sounds like in your area in a system with the Christian brothers that also has shared its power with you and makes you free and empowered to do things. Yes. For yourself, kind of thinking about that wider Catholic Christian heritage, are there things that you grew up with that helped you to know what a healthy sense of power would look like? Are there scripture stories that are in your imagination or, you know, saints or figures that you've encountered 
maybe even in your own personal life that are just like models of what healthy Christian power looks you like. You know, you'll know the story um, where the two sons, um, one really follows the path of his father and the other one's just like, you know, he's the wild child. And, <laughs> you know, he's lost and, and he goes out and he, he, the father gives him money and he leaves. And when the son realizes that he just wants, he, he'll, he'll, he's like, I'll be, a, I'll be a servant. I'll do whatever. I just want to be back. Um, you know, allow me back in. I lost my way, but now I'm found. And the father, instead of, you know, he slaughters, you know, the biggest calf there is, he makes everyone celebrate. And then the older brother, who's been a completely, you know, servant to the father, done everything he's supposed to do, follows all the rule. He's like, this, my brother is gone. He spent all your money. He's spent it poorly on inappropriate things. And you're celebrating him. And he's celebrating him because sometimes it's harder for people. The same path is not the same for everyone. His brother found life a lot harder and took him a lot longer to figure out who he was. Sometimes it's just that much harder when you don't have it easy and you have to find it the harder way. And then you do all these things, you learn who you are and you find your way back. Somehow that journey sometimes is way more difficult and the father could appreciate it. And two things, just as a parent, you want them to come back home. I want you to come back home no matter what you've done. But two, as a person, you found yourself. It was harder for you, but you found yourself. And I equate that to the school system. You know, we have kids that are academically enriched and they can be in AP classes. And great, those kids can teach themselves truthfully, but the kids who struggle and need more assistance, sometimes they get more attention. And you're like, well, these kids, if you're average, you get no attention. But I equate it because you have to appreciate people for their journey. And that scripture just reminded because it's the emotional sense of a parent to which you feel as a teacher and your student. Um, but it's also as an administrator with, with my cabinet members, like the scripture story just reminded me of how the toughest journeys, no matter how you get there, sometimes are the best journeys. And that's what school is. School is a journey for you. Whatever that looks like, whatever your school academics is, whether it's athletics or performing arts, it's your journey that helps you find yourself. And the father was happy that his son found his journey and found his way back to where he was supposed to be. Sometimes I think the common lingo is the prodigal son. But really what you've named is it's the parable of the two sons, yes. right? Because yes. both of them are on different journeys. And so part of you for being in leadership and ex exercising power is to recognize different people are on different journeys. I do believe a lot in, you know, you don't give fish, you teach them how to fish. Um, because I do think that children need to be advocates for themselves and so do adults. And so I think that's the other strong, I often reference that. Is there anything that you kind of wish you could do now that you're like, if I had this in my toolbox, I think it'd make me even more effective in terms of exercising my power. Just knowing when I can't make something, sometimes you got to let it go. You can't make something successful. I feel like, you know, I have a journey and I'm going to complete it. And I'm, I'm a dog with a bone. If I have the task, I want to finish it. But at some point you do have to let it go. And that's super hard for me because I feel I, I don't want to feel like I quit. I don't want to feel like I've let people down. And so when I should have quit something, I probably should have done it sooner or I should have let people go sooner. That probably is the part of, of being in the leadership that I have to grow in of hiring for people that can do versus not learn to do. Which is kind of funny because it, it's linked in some ways with the question around powerlessness. It's like knowing when I actually have the capacity to influence the situation. Yeah. I do have some way of controlling it a little bit or steering it. 
Yeah. And when I actually like finding out, like when I actually don't. Yeah. That's hard. I'd say that's really, really hard. So often in our Christian tradition, we're wired and kind of like the story you gave with the prodigal, we're wired to give people second chances or third chances or fourth chances. And it feels like if that, like I should always have, I should always give one more chance. And it's really hard to know when do I actually call it quits? Cause it does get wrapped in our own identity. Yeah. Like, I'm not somebody who quits. That's exactly right. That's been something that I've noticed has been problematic for me. When you have to let something go, like it's a project that you're just like, okay, we can't keep funding this. It's not going anywhere. Or when you have to, like you have this really hard thing that you had to let a person go. Like what, what do you say to yourself in those moments? Given that it's like, I can't live the prodigal father thing here. Like, <laughs> what, like what, what messages do you speak to yourself in those moments? I constantly remind myself that I'm serving the mission. You know, that's, that really does a lot for me. We're uh, developing a portrait of a grad and partly because I need to see this one pager of why I'm doing what I'm doing every day. <laughs> I need this, I need to see it. You know, our five principles, five core principles is, you know, the, the composition of it, but I need to see it and, and read it every day. Like, you know, we want kids to have practical life skills. We want kids to, to treat others with respect. I, I, I need to remind myself of those simple, that seem like just no brainers, that's what I need to get back to. Like I always go back to kids when I'm feeling, you know, besides the chapel that luckily we have mass a few times, a couple times I just go on over to the chapel. I'm like, <laughs> I need someone to help me find myself. Um, mm -hmm. But mostly it's just remembering the mission and the kids we serve. That helps me. That quickly gets me back. Is there a way that you think that kind of that Christian brothers framework or what you've learned about their heritage helps to hold you? in kind of this healthy space, whether when you're feeling more powerful or less powerful? For me, I'm thinking De La Salle's, like mm -hmm. when I, uh, I'm in the Buttermer Institute and when I reflect on De La Salle's life mm -hmm. and all the hardship that he went through, I was like, oh my gosh, I am walking in your footsteps. I am living your life. I live the triumph that you've had. I live the pain that you, that you, that you suffer. Like when De La Salle was trying so hard to bring in men that weren't necessarily your ideal candidates for education, he, they were like, why are you doing that? Why this is not important, but he was doing it because he recognized that educating those kids would make for a better future for everyone. It would make a better future for them, for society. And that was the right thing to do. He got pushback. Um, he got pushed back from his own brothers when he, you know, with his wealth, he gave up his wealth um, to, to be one of them. So he, you know, you give up things. And just like De La Salle, he, you, he made his position of what he thought was necessary. And he got so much pushback on different avenues, but he kept at it um, regardless. And he kept on coming back and he kept on being inspired. So he had some really tragic things happen to him no matter all the positive things he was trying to do. And that I felt like as a leader, that's how I felt at the time when I was in uh, listening to the history of De La Salle. I'm like, wow, that's how I feel. You know, I'm trying to do the right thing and I'm jumping over all these obstacles. Why? <laughs> right. And it doesn't necessarily mean I'm doing something wrong. It yeah. means like, yeah, that the Paschal mystery is part of the journey. Definitely his life. I feel like it's a very, um, the paths are similar, you know, mm -hmm. Then I appreciate that. Is there anything that you think as a head of school, knowing other heads of school and kind of how they're wrestling with this, is there anything that you feel like is on your plate 
that are questions that you hear people asking in regards around right exercise of power that you feel like we didn't talk about or that like if you miss this question, you're missing something that's critical for understanding our life journeys. For me, my dissertation was an equity in education. So for me, I would have to focus on something that was centered around serving the poor, equity and access to education. Would this mission mean as much to me if it didn't include those factors? So I think for me, being the, the leader, it has to support my personal vision as an educational leader, which LaSallian Charism does. Part of the power and the influence is what it is that you're really trying to accomplish. So yes, of course, I believe in the Catholic faith. I believe in how it provides access for, for children, for community, for, for everyone, even in and outside of education. And I guess I would just wonder how other leaders view their power through that lens. Well, and it's interesting because what happened for you is that you found your personal passion, strength, like the gift you have to bring in the world, and you were able to harness it with a wider community that shares a similar commitment, passion, strength. It's almost like when I hear you talking about it, it's like kind of like there's a, there's a tailwind behind you, Crystal. Sometimes you feel like you're flying against them. <laughs> it's not a pleasant place to be either. Yeah. yeah. You know what's interesting to me, though, is I'm thinking about the metaphor of the tailwind is at least if I understand correctly from my own flying experience, actually, <laughs> when you're flying with the tailwind, sometimes it's bumpy because you're carried faster. Yeah. Sometimes when you're actually flying against the wind, you get there slower, but it actually tends to be a more steady flight. Yeah. Which would also make sense because when you have opposition, which is which I love and I love my board, um, I've now gone through this turbulence with them and when I get to the point of where I've gotten, it's going to be that much more successful because I've considered all the factors, considered all the input, worked on all the challenges that they told me, made some adjustments, as opposed to just soaring through it, you know, and getting to the end and finding out, oh, I'm not even in the right location. I think it's necessary. Well, it's kind of cool to think that the bumps that you've experienced aren't necessarily that because you're going in the wrong direction, but that you're actually going in the right, like yeah. the, that the charism is carrying you. Yeah. It is definitely, it's refreshing to know that De La Salle had the same experience and look where we're at right now. We are, we're living his vision in, you know, millions of kids and, and the, the journey that he made was worth it. It was, and it was successful and it was the one he should have done, even though it was, you know, met with some opposition. You came in with kind of the authority that had been given you, but you've grown a lot of other kinds of things that have strengthened your capacity to influence situations and create change by building network and community relationships with the board, slowly garnering the trust of the faculty and staff, the students. It's, there's a relational power that's in there too. Are there any other kinds of capacities for influencing situations that you feel like you've grown? The diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging is a, is a very prevalent concern in our school. I mean, we, we are in Oak Park and we are in a, a community that is primarily um, a, a lower economical community, but we have a variety of wealth in our school. And so one of the things I would say that just being someone of color, I can reach some of the community members just differently. And, and even though it's not even just because I'm black, it's because I understand like the things like, like I understand that we've given you a scholarship, but you don't have any lunch money. My point is I know it and I've experienced it. 
-hmm. And I think part of leadership is you, it's, it is what you bring to the table. Like there's no way of getting around it. You can read all the books you want, watch all the movies, but unless you've experienced it, you don't get it naturally. And that's a whole different type of leadership. Having those experiences, regular people experiences is something that helps me lead better because I can relate to people. And I would say that that's something in leadership that you either, you have to wait to experience things in life to connect with people, or you really have to do some serious research. I don't know how you, how you obtain it without living it. You know, when we had the civil unrest and I had all these, you know, black families like, what are you gonna do about this? What are you gonna do about this? And I was like, listen, people, this is not an overnight change. And it's like, if you come in here angry, we're not going to accomplish anything. I was like, you're going to have to channel that power and we're going to have to make this something that is understandable to the whole community. And it really isn't just being Black, it's being able to relate to people who have been what they feel adversely affected by the world. We hire somebody, we've hired a couple, several teachers actually, several teachers, um, faculty and staff. And it isn't even just about race. It's about bringing people in. That's been impactful for our school because there's someone in school that looks like you. There are lots of things that create a sense of belonging or affiliation and using those to your strengths to be able to help get done what you want to be able to get done that you can do that nobody else will be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that is power. I do have trust of people just because I look like them Mm -hmm. and using that and also using it not to give them what they want, but mm-hmm. to tell them what, when they're going about it the wrong way. You have to have that, uh, you have to have the bravery to say that, like, listen, you're, this is not going to work the way you're going about it. And I realize you're mad and you can be mad, but that's not the way to go about it. It's the support too. It's, it's helpful, but it's also, you have to use it in the right way and you have to have the strength to, to use it in a wise way. Crystal, you've got a lot, you're toppling <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And thank you for the witness you are in the world to this. Like, the, thank you for, if no one else has said that to you today, thank you for your fidelity to living in that space and trying to do it with such integrity. Thank you. Thank you. I, it, like I said, it is a gift. I, um, I, I embrace it now. It took me a year or two to embrace it. Um, but now that I've seen what I'm capable of, what my work's capable of, the fruits of my labor, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, it's pretty incredible. You have to be willing though. And you have to be all in. I mean, you have to be. So, yeah.